the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show in this brand new year with Larry Rosenthal, our financial and retirement expert right here in studio. Good morning, sir. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I'm excited about the new year, and I know you're going to be talking about all these New Year's resolutions that you've made and you're going to keep, right? I've kept them all for uh, seven days now. We're on the eighth day. How's that sound? That's good. That's good. (laughs) Good deal. Good morning. Happy New Year, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. It's glad to be back in the studio with uh, you and Bob. And uh, check us out on YouTube, LarryRosenthal.tv. You can watch us stream the show live from different locations at this particular point. And uh, you can also continue to listen to us on WAVA in D.C., Baltimore area, as well as our listeners, Sirius XM simulcast on channel uh, 131, Family Talk nationwide, border to border and coast to coast. Well, it is open mic Saturday, Chris. Indeed. No questions barred whatsoever. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 with any of your financial planning, investment questions, retirement planning questions, tax questions, whatever it may be. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Well, here we are. Here we are. Mm-hmm. We're here. Right? We're right here, Chris. We're here. We're right here launching off, right? So what are the first things that we want to do in the beginning of a new year when it comes to investment planning, right? See where we are. Save more money, right? Yeah. Every year I tell people, and, 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 and I have to tell you this, this sounds so elementary and so like, oh, yeah, like that's really going to work. Well, let me tell you, this works so well. I have had people tell me over the years, Larry, that's a great idea, and it works wonderfully. And looking back, you're right. We never missed it, and we have so much more now. And that is basically increase your savings. It's January. Increase your savings by 1% or 2% a year. <clears throat> Just do that every single year. You won't miss it. Most people, anyway, won't miss miss just a small increase in their monthly savings. 
And by the end of a handful of years, you've increased your savings pretty substantially. And that money buying more and more shares over time of investments, getting compound interest, and in some cases tax-deferred growth on top of it, by incrementally increasing your savings a little bit each year, pays off huge dividends down the road. So trust me on that. Just just check it out. Just try it. If it doesn't work in a, in, in a few pay periods, then back it off. But you'll be surprised. You probably will not miss it at all. So what's the playing field here for 2022? Where are we? What's going on in the markets? What does the economy look like? And all kinds of questions floating around out there. You know, we had the, the last four or five years have been a great run in the stock market, only to wake up January of 2022 and the brakes seem to be put on. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it's inflation. Headline CPI is floating right around 7%. Way too high. I've been talking about this for months and months and months. So here we are. You know, the S&P last year did 26.9%. <clears throat> the Dow did 18 and the and the, uh, uh, the Nasdaq did 21.4. You know, so, so tremendous year again in 2021. Uh, fundamentals are, were, were definitely in place. You know, the number one reason why people buy stock is based off the future anticipation of corporate earnings. And earnings season is going to be starting next week, right? We're going to be taking a look at the fourth quarter of 2021 as compared to the fourth quarter of 2020. That's what's going to be reported here in the next several weeks. And earnings are estimated to come out pretty good, pretty strong, which is a good thing, right? Again, because that's the reason why people buy stock. But what's going on with inflation? What does it look like? What does this mean? Okay, so, so you know, we've had some great years in the market. What does it mean in inflation? We haven't seen this type of inflation in 40 years, okay? And now all of a sudden, and, and for just different reasons there, we're not going to get into politics on this show, okay? But for lots of different reasons, <clears throat> we're starting to see a tremendous amount of inflation hit us in a very short period of time. Now, there's policies involved with doing that, and there's also supply chain issues as a result mm-hmm. of COVID that are doing that as well. It's a combination, okay? So so that's just where it is and what's going on. What does this mean? Okay, so so the real news is this, right? Because we're, we live in a stock market. We're in a stock market that's not... What have you done for me lately? It's what are you going to do for me tomorrow is what this stock market is about, right? Because last year's returns, they don't really matter anymore, do they? It's what about Monday's trading action in the market? How is it going to react this year? We're all one year closer to college funding being have, having to be paid, one year closer to retirement, one year closer to whatever your financial your goals and objectives are, right? Okay. What about taxes? How does that play in? That's another story. We've got some tax updates to go over uh, things that will be hitting us this year, too. Some good news on that, believe it or not, right? So what happened this past week in the stock market basically took place six weeks ago. Let me be clear on that. What happened this last week in the stock market took place about six weeks ago when the Fed released its, its minutes from November. Okay, and basically they were saying, you know, the Fed plans to 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 raise interest rates. We all know this. The Fed is is in the process of of um, tapering down their bond buying program. We all know this again. But they added something this time that was released the other day, and that's what shocked the market. And that was that they were talking about um, uh, letting the bonds on their balance sheet roll off and not not buy anymore. 
meaning it's another form of tightening the economy. So basically the notes indicated that the Fed has tilted its slant, has tilted its view being more hawkish versus dovish. In Fed speak, in Wall Street speak, dovish means the Fed's very accommodating, very loose, lots of money, low interest rates, expansion in the economy. Hawkish means tightening it down, raising rates, pulling capital out of the system to slow the economy down. So what, what, what does that matter? When you slow the economy down, that, that will eventually, the domino effect will eventually impact corporate earnings because people will have less money, less desires to buy things because things will cost a little bit more because prices have risen so much. So the Fed wants to slow this process down a little bit. And... <clears throat> Excuse me. So the the um, uh, estimates here, the estimates going forward, and these are just estimates on what people are seeing as far as Fed increasing interest rates and stuff like that. Is your your people are talking about three rate hikes of about a quarter point this year, followed by maybe some in 2023 as well. So how does this play out? W- what does this mean in the marketplace? You know, some people are clamoring, saying basically, hey, you know what? Forget three base, three rate hikes. Give us one. Give us a 50 percent, you know, a 50 basis point rate hike, you know, in the next handful of weeks or so, next couple of months. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and get on with the show, right? What does this mean? How does this play out? Where does it look? What does it look like down the road and around the corner? First of all, let me just tell you this, okay? I, I, I. Uh, I was looking at, at, at different trading things over the last few days, and and some of the youngest people in the country with the least amount of money are trading the most volumes around, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, and they're trying to time this market. Timing this market, the grasshopper it, you have a better chance of winning the lottery, okay, yeah. or winning a gold medal in the Olympics. It's just not, I mean, firms spend millions and millions of dollars trying to get an edge to get information to time the market, okay? It's just not going to happen. Don't do that, all right? Build your portfolios for what your length of time and objectives are. That's what you have to do. The markets will go through periods of time like this. Now, it doesn't mean chicken little, the sky is falling. What it does mean is we're going to have an abrupt interruption in the way things have been over the last, well, couple of decades or so. And how does this play out? So so, so we're looking at at, at, at inflation with sort of the tail of two markets is what we're seeing in 2022, at least at this point. Inflation, and I've been t- saying this on, on this on this show for, for months now, for months, inflation is going to come back down, and it's going to come back down one of two ways, either naturally or the Fed's going to force it down or a combination of both. That's it. All right. We can't have too high inflation because it just interrupts the the economy too much. It's you know, the Fed's mandate is price stability and maximum employment. And both of those mandates fight against each other, basically. So what do we have here? It if if supply chains come back online and we 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 find supply and demand hitting that equilibrium, then guess what? Inflation pressures will come back down naturally. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, if we don't, and inflation continues to rise and, and possibly get out of control, the Fed's going to use some of its operations to tighten down the economy. 
become more hawkish, make the economy tighter in, in monetary policy, raise interest rates, do things on their balance sheet, things like that, which will slow down the purchasing power, which will, will excuse me, slow down purchasing activity, which will then in turn slow down price rises, hence inflation. So in the first half of this year, when, when you take a look at inflation entering the system, there are certain stock sectors that don't do well and certain stock sectors that actually do okay. But then you have to take a look at the long term. Once inflation subsides and we get back on course again, then what does it look like? <clears throat> and that's where this timing thing comes in. This is where the guessing game comes in. So the way 2022 is shaping up right now, is from a corporate earnings standpoint, they look very positive, which, again, is the number one reason people buy stock to begin with. You know, company A, they say, hey, things aren't so good. Company B, things are great. Which stock do you want to own, Chris? You want to own company B, right? Future anticipation of corporate earnings, no doubt about it, right? So corporate earnings are estimated to come in, again, pretty strong in 2022, which is fundamentally very, very good, all right? We're still in one of the all-time low tax environments right now. Nothing got passed last year in 2021 to change taxes. So we still have a very strong corporate tax uh, uh, rate as well as individual rates, okay? Now, the, the, the next thing we have to take a look at is inflation. So there are certain sectors of the economy that will do well and certain sectors that won't do well during inflation. The question becomes this. How long is this inflation going to last? And like I said, it's either going to subside down naturally once supply equals demand again at the equilibrium pricing, or the Fed's going to, well, slow it down automatically by by their operations. So when you take a look at this in the first part of this year, you're probably going to be looking at more value stocks taking the lead. And we saw this happen in 2021 twice. We actually saw this rotation happen twice in 2021, where for a period of time under inflation pressures and headlines, value stocks took off and became the leader in the marketplace while your growth-oriented stocks lagged behind. And then then value gave way to growth again, and growth continued. And that's what we're seeing right now is a rotation from growth stocks to value stocks. And then the second half of this year, if inflation starts to subside down, then growth stocks should start to take off again and be the leader down the road. And that's what we've seen twice happen in 2021. It's looking like it's setting up for a repeat right now. So how do you play this in your accounts? Well, you don't want to move all of your assets from one spot to another. You want to have a balanced, diversified portfolio approach in this because you can't time this market. And the big question that's out there, Here's the big question, Chris, which we do not have the answer to. We see we see what's going into the recipe. We see what's simmering on the stovetop. We see what's cooking in the pot, okay? <clears throat> but the answer that we do not have is recession. Will this economy slow down enough that it tilts us over into a recession? And if that's the case, how long and how deep? So you have to go back in time and take a look at the recessions we've had and what are the characteristics economically that have been sitting inside or, or, or been sitting on the economy when we've had recessions. Well, a couple of them are, are uh, high market valuations. In other words, is the stock market priced high today or fairly valued or low? Well, it's priced high. Mm-hmm. P-E ratios are high. We're at one-time standard deviation on P-E ratios, okay? So we're, at, we're just under 21 on a forward-looking P-E. 
And 16 is where we kind of need to be on the long-term average, right? So stocks are still valued high. But at the same time, if stocks remain at this level that they're at right now for the next three months and they don't have a lot of growth to them and corporate earnings come in strong, then that P.E. ratio is going to drop back down naturally, which is a good indication of a healthy marketplace. The second thing is is um, spiking energy prices. We're seeing spiking energy prices enter the system right now. Okay, so there's two factors of three or four that will that have been present in in most recessions in the past. And then the third one is a tight Fed and the Fed is moving from being accommodative to tight. So we've got three major factors facing us right now, staring down the barrel of, hey, this is what past Mm -hmm. recessions have looked like now. Don't panic. I'm not saying that we're going to go into one by any means at all. I'm just saying these are the characteristics that have been present in prior recessions, and they are starting to to rear their ugly head right now. This is where the Fed's going to have to navigate a soft landing. In other words, can they slow down the effects, the pressures, the, the tension of inflation enough that the economy just sort of slows down a little bit and then we take off again instead of, stopping it and tilting it over into recession. That's the question. And guess what? There's going to be an inflection point at some point this year. We're going to figure that out, right? We will, we will figure that out. Meanwhile, you're going to see more volatility in the coming weeks as the market tries to figure this exact equation out. Now, I went into the weeds a little bit here on the radio. Sorry <laughs> about that, but I wanted to get that out there for everybody. <clears throat> you know, I could talk a lot about all this stuff today, but the bottom line is this. You as the investor, you've had a handful of years of phenomenal performance and returns. Now take a look at what's inside your your portfolios. What kind of mutual funds do you have? ETFs, individual stocks, are they rock solid? Do they have do they have strong balance sheets, real corporate earnings, or is there fluff involved in what your holdings are? Because you don't want a lot of fluff right now. This is going to be more of a stock picker's market over the next several months of this year. So with that being said, Take a look at your portfolios. If you want to get an analysis on your portfolio, give us a call. We'll show you how to do that, 855-ROSE-123, or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Now is the time. Again, we haven't seen these economic pressures, these, these inflation numbers, in almost 40 years. And now we're seeing them. And as a result of policy and supply chains and just all different things that, that, that are taking place. So we have to get our hands around this. There's a lot of people that haven't been experienced in this type of a marketplace. And, and you need to understand how to look at what your portfolios are. So if you want to get a if you want to if you want us to show you how to analyze it, go to my website LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email, say hey, I want a portfolio analysis, or simply give us a call, eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. If you have any questions on anything, anything I I said, taxes, whatever it may be, give us a ring. We're it's open mic Saturday. You don't have to talk about what I'm talking about. Okay, you can talk about anything you want. We're we're even talking about the baseball lockout if you want. Okay. <laughs> We'll talk about whatever you want. Give us a ring. There you go. I thought Bob would get a kick out of that one. All right. So, no. Give us a call with any of your financial planning, estate planning questions you may have. 855-ROSE-123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. 
are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal, live here in studio, that's 855-767-3123. Give him a call right now. Be the first caller to jump on the phones here in 2022. How about that? Welcome back, Larry. Good to see you there. I'm not, not Good to be seen by you, Chris. There you go. Now I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I got a I got a new present this year. Uh oh, what is it? What is I it? I got a little control panel here. Oh, you know, yeah. Chris it has a mute usually, button on uh, it. likes to have control of the entire control panel. Yeah, and I showed up in the studio this morning with a couple of new buttons, and uh, as you can tell, I was uh, accidentally muted there. There's a reason I do it. Some that people way. might say it's a good thing, right? You it know? is a good thing because <laughs> you said so. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So, hey, beginning of the year, lots of questions out there, lots of questions. Uh, one common question that, that I usually get a lot, um, and I have been getting this a little bit lately, is, you know, because everybody's like, well, it's one year gone in the books now, and, and what does this mean, and, and how does Social Security play out? What does this mean uh, for Social Security? Where are we in Social Security? How is Social Security going to be there? I was actually doing a financial plan for a client the other day. And they were saying, you know, well, based off our age, we don't think Social Security is going to be there. Let's just run it without Social Security. And I'm like, well, why do you think that? And it was interesting to hear their their opinions on stuff. But it's going to be there. It just may be in a different form. You know, but, yeah, 2022 brings us one year closer to 2032, right? So there's estimates out there on how funded and secure Social Security is between 2032 and 2035, somewhere in that range, right, <clears throat> depending on who you're listening to and, and just different estimates. But basically this, it, it's, it's, it's fine. It's going to be there. It's part of the fabric of our nation right now, okay? I just can't imagine that it, it would go away. I think it would change form or change some type of a program. There's all kinds of things that can happen. Right now, estimates show this regarding Social Security, that if no changes are made from 2032, if the question is, well, how do we make sure it works until 2082, 50 years, what has to happen if no changes are made? And and basically, everybody who's on Social Security in 2032 would have to take a 30% reduction in their benefit. 
in order to make the program last to 2082, which is another 50 years. Now, I don't see that being the case, okay? There's so many different things to fix it. It's just basically a math problem is all it is. And and so <clears throat> it's going to be there included in your financial plans. Now, here's the thing. When you include your Social Security estimates in your financial plans, make sure you're running out inflation at historically higher levels, you know, three and a half, three point seven five percent, whatever it is, and Social Security increases at about one, one and a half. That way you won't get an opposite bad surprise, but always a good surprise. So when it, when it comes to the cost of living adjustments versus inflation in, in, in Social Security. So in looking at Social Security, there are a handful of things that, that is going to have to take place. One of them could simply be, hey, we're going to draw a line in the sand, and everybody who's on the existing program whose date of birth is X, nothing changes for you. But everybody whose date of birth is Y and later in life, this is your new program. That could very well be the case, right? Well, that's what they or do with they pension plans say, and 401ks, so, I mean, it's a, not a bad idea, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or it could simply be, you know what, let's just raise the retirement age beyond age 67. Let's increase the payroll tax. Let's increase the Social Security wage base. Let's reduce benefits. Uh, let's change the formula that calculates Social Security benefits to begin with. I mean, there's just a handful of things that they can make little tiny tweaks to all across the board that doesn't really affect people all that much, but aggregately can fund this thing. I think Congress, so I has, a, uh, I think Congress has a uh, suggestion box you could use. Somebody needs to tell me. There, there we go. 1-800-CHRIS. There you are. Send it to Chris. 1-800-CHRIS. I'll lobby Congress. Right to Congress. I will. I'll that? jump right on that. <laughs> nice, nice. But anyway, bottom line is I, I think it's going to be there. Now, Now, new Social Security increases this year uh, due to inflation is very good. For, for people, which is, you know, about time. Uh, so that's a good thing. And, and um, you know, but just make sure that you, you, you do include it in your plan correctly from that standpoint going forward. It will be there. Another question that we're getting a lot of right now is um, inherited IRAs. Inherited IRAs. You know, the law changed a couple years ago regarding inherited IRAs. Basically, Congress took away the lifetime tax advantage stretch IRA. It used to be that, that when you received an IRA from someone other than your spouse, you were able to take that money and sort of stretch the income out over your life expectancy. <clears throat> well, as, as long as 82.4 years, uh, 84.2 years, excuse me, uh, in, in, in stretching. Now you can't do that. The longest you can keep that account there is 10 years. So if you're receiving money from a non-spousal beneficiary and it's in an IRA, not a Roth, but pre-tax IRA, the longest you can keep it there is 10 years, tax-deferred, but then you have to pull it all out. So, so you can pull a little bit out each year if you wanted to or take nothing out. But at the end of 10 years, you have to liquidate the entire thing. The government wants their taxes on it, and that's mm. just the bottom line when it comes to it. That's all there is to it. So, so how do people go about doing this? What do they do? First of all, you have to make sure that the owner of the IRA, the, the person who passed away, if they were over 72, that they took their required minimum distribution in their, this year – then the money gets passed on. You have to make sure that that RMD, required minimum distribution, is taken first. And and a lot of times what what in, in the conversations that come up about these um, uh, 
10-year rules is this is, well, you know, grandpa or mom or dad or whoever is passing these assets on to the kids, grandkids, whatever. Um, should we keep the same investments? How do the investments look? The answer is this. Well, they look great for somebody who's substantially older than you, but now these are your investments. So you've got to take a look at where you are, what your objectives are, what your goals are, and probably look to maybe make some changes in these investments so they match up with your investment objectives, your desires, your goals, your time frame, your liquidity needs, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so, so there needs to be an analysis done on, on the current holdings and then see how those current holdings actually match up with what your investment objectives are. Um, so, so it's a big thing to, to really take a look at it. But the key point is this is and for some reason people are thinking, oh, you have to pull all the money out right now. And that's not the case. You have 10 years. And the rule is this. If the beneficiary is a non-spousal beneficiary, who's greater than 10 years younger than you, then you are under the 10-year rule. But if that beneficiary is less than 10 years younger than you, you're under the old rule. So like if your brother's three years older, three years younger than you or whatever, and you leave it to him, he's under the old rule. He can stretch it over those years of life expectancy. But if the person's greater than 10 years younger than you, then you've got, or, or different than you, then they've got the 10-year rule in place. So it's a little confusing there, but you've got to understand the rule uh, when, it, when, it, when it comes to all of this. And again, you don't have to liquidate it right away, or you don't have to take 10% out a year or anything like that. You can leave it all in there, but at the end of 10 years, it's got to be liquidated. You, know, you know, speaking of IRA, I heard that uh, there was some talk about <clears throat> getting rid of the backdoor IRA or the backdoor Roth. Is that, is that going to happen, or is that just still on the table? Well, yes, there was talk about it in the Build Back Better program, which did not pass. So right now, you're allowed to do the backdoor IRA. And the backdoor uh, Roth, excuse me, and the backdoor Roth IRA is this, is for high-income earners, you have a phase-out of your ability to contribute money into a Roth IRA. So if if your income is about, in 2022, for married filing jointly, I think it's like right around... 220 or something like that. So if your adjusted gross income is above that number, 215, 220, somewhere in that ballpark, then you're not able to contribute money into an IRA, into a Roth IRA. However, you still can contribute money into a traditional IRA that's not tax deductible and then convert it to a Roth. That's back during the Roth is what is is the word, term you're using, Chris. They were talking about getting rid of that, but nothing's passed yet. So stay stay tuned. So for high income earners, it looks like you you know, you can do that for uh, twenty twenty one at this particular point you know, and maybe twenty twenty two. So so keep your eye on that. Watch that. We'll be watching that very closely and mm-hmm. let you know. You know, we, we're always watching these these legislative updates too. You know, whenever there's tax changes in in this industry, there, there's all different types of investment opportunity in other areas. And you have to know where to move your money away from. You know, I was explaining to someone the other day that the IRS looks at our money through four different tax lenses. Taxable, uh, tax deductible and deferred, non-deductible and deferred, and then tax exempt or tax free. And so you've heard of asset allocation. You've heard of of product allocation. You know, asset allocation, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Product allocations, stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, so forth and so on, and they all have pros and cons to them. And then tax allocations of four different buckets, 
right? So you want to make sure that your your investments are aligned four different ways when it when it comes to all that. We're going to be rolling out a webinar here too at the end of the month, beginning of February. Right now, we're just putting some final touches on it here, and uh, so stay tuned for that. We're going to be coming out with our brand new webinar series for 2022, kind of where we were, where we're going, what does it all look like, and how does retirement cash flow from a tax efficient manner going to work for you. Give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Larry Rosenthal Show. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. You're listening to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal. We have some phone lines available for you. Get on the on the line there and talk with Larry about anything that's on your mind with your portfolio. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Larry. One of the key areas, Chris, that economists often look at is, is um, you know, ec- economic indicators. And there's three types. There's leading economic indicators. There's... Um, coincident economic indicators and then there's lagging economic indicators and you know in this marketplace people are like well what do you think is going to happen what do we look at what's what's going on and 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 the conference board looks at 10 components of leading economic indicators to give sort of a summary if you will of, of where the overall economy may be heading right and then the the coincident indicators and lagging indicators basically say, yeah, this is correct, and this is where we were. And one of the interesting things is I want to talk today a little bit about, well, I'll just talk about some of the leading ones real quick, but I want to talk about one of the lagging indicators, and that's one of the indicators that the Fed really looks at a lot. And so some of the leading economic indicators are basically, um, uh, you know, um, weekly hours of manufacturers working, unemployment insurance claims, uh, consumer expectations for business conditions, interest rate spreads, and different things like that, and, and and a handful of others. But one of the lagging indicators is consumer price index for services. Inflation, right? So so when you take a look in the rearview mirror, what does inflation look like? You know, there you are. That's one of the lagging indicators, and we're starting to see these numbers now. You know, the, the November meeting or, or reading was 6.9%. Uh, so, so, and that's some of the areas that 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 people are really, uh, you know, focusing on now is is what does the conference board say about the leading 
coincident and lagging economic indicators. It's one of the, the areas that we study a lot in our office when we're looking at forecasting and things of that nature uh, to really break stuff down. So, you know, again, it's important to really take a look at your portfolios now, see where they are, see where they've, where, see where they've been, right, where they are now, basically, and what does your current holdings look like going forward in this changing economic environment, right? You know, and then also, Chris, you know, we, we, we got to keep things real, too. Let's let's bring it back in. And, and you know, in, in, in Luke chapter 3, verse 11, John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Mm-hmm. Acts 20, verse 35, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering what the Lord Jesus himself said. It's more blessed. Uh, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Right. So, you know, early in this year, we can be talking about giving and helping others, not just normally at Christmas time, year end giving. Right. Proverbs three, verse 27 says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do so. You know, and you can start to think about, you know, who do I want to give my my charitable donations to this year? What do I want to do? Things like that. You can if you're not sure, you can you can open up what's called a donor advised fund where you can put the money in, receive your tax deduction for this year. And you don't have to make a decision this year or for a handful of years on where you want that money to ultimately go to. But it's but it's one way that you can start thinking about it and start building a giving type of a program for you and your family um, to help take care of people, you know, tithe, additional gifts and offerings, things of that nature there. So but let's go ahead down to uh, North Carolina and welcome Karen on the line. Good morning, Karen. How are you today? Good morning, and I am good. How can I help you? Well, um, what do you do when you are um, in your late 50s and um, you have no retirement that is of substance? Do you – I don't really know what to do. We have a home that's not paid for, um, and I just wonder if we focus more on paying the home off and putting all the extra into paying off that real estate um, so that that becomes a larger asset than – putting money into an IRA or 401k or something. So Karen, that's an interesting question and and here's the exact answer that that what we need to do. The first thing we need to do is just draw a line in the sand and say if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And we have to take a look at what your estimated retirement expenses are going to be. And then we need to take a look at what your estimated social security benefits are going to be. And from that standpoint there, that's when we're going to make the decision on, are you going to stay in the same home? Should we try to prepay it down so that it takes that mortgage payment off of, off of you when you ultimately do enter retirement? So the first thing that I want to do is send you out our financial planning toolkit, and it's going to help us align inventory, if you will, of everything. Because the biggest thing now okay. is making sure that your retirement income and your savings generates enough income each month to meet your expected expenses or estimated expenses, I should say, in retirement years. That's the key right there. So so before we make the decision of putting excess money into the mortgage, because as you said, yes, you, you, you will build more equity in your home, but that equity is not going to generate cash for you. The only way to do that is to sell the home, rent it, or mortgage it, right? 
Just because we have money right. sitting inside the home doesn't mean we can take that money to the grocery store uh, and, and, and do things. So that's the first thing that I want to do, okay? So, Karen, if you like, I'll be happy to send you out our toolkit. We'll have one of our advisors reach out to you next week and, and get this thing set up so that you can, you can start making these types of decisions, okay? That would be great. Yep, let me put you on Give hold and Bob will get some of your... Start. Pardon me? Thank you. Yep, I let me put you on hold, and Bob will get some of your contact information, and we'll get, we'll get you started on that process right away. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Dustin on the line from Wisconsin. Good morning, Dustin. How are you? I'm good. How can I help you, sir? Um, so I just had a question. I am... I um recently moved from private sector into the public sector, so um, I'm now going on a state retirement plan uh, versus traditional 401k, and I'm just curious what I should do with my existing 401k and if I should look at the, 401, the 403b that um, is, is part of the, the new retirement package being offered by the, the new position. Definitely, I want you to participate in the new 403B plan. I want you to always try to save money each and every year, okay? Now, whether you put the money on the pre-tax side or on the Roth tax-free side is a secondary question, and I'll get to that in a moment. But to, to answer your first question, what can you do with your old employer's plan? There's a handful of things that you're allowed to do. One, most likely you can keep it where it is. But that presents some challenges and problems and possibly some more fees, okay? Two, you, if your new employer allows, you can roll it over to the new employer. That may not be the case in a municipal plan, though. Three, you can pull it out and spend it, right? Four, you can roll it over to your own IRA. Most people end up, after analyzing it all, choosing to roll it over to their own IRA after you look at fees and investment choices and just all different things like that. But those are the four, and then you can convert it to Roth, too. Those are the four or five different things that you can do with the money in your old plan. Now, if you take a look at your lineup of your new investments inside your 403B plan and say, okay, these are the different investments that I want to invest in based off of your objectives and goals and time frame and risk and things like that, and then you take your old employer's plan and roll it into an IRA, then you'll be able to invest sort of around what you're putting your money into your 403B plan and give you a little bit more of an overall diversification approach of, of all of your dollars working congruently together, sort of pulling in the same direction, if you will. Uh, but those are the, those are the choices, and I actually have literature that we can send you out on on the choices that you can do as far as putting money into or, or what you can do with your old employer's plan. I'll have Bob send that out to you as well in just a moment. But going into the four hundred three B world, you know, there, you have the choice of putting money in pre tax or putting money in post tax on the Roth side, right? And most people have saved the majority of their money, Dustin, on the pre-tax side because they want the current tax deduction today. And I get that and understand that. But a lot of people down the road, when you sit back and you go, hey, guess what? Most of my money, 97% of my money has never been taxed and they're rolling into retirement. That's when they go, I wish I had more Roth money now. So one of the things that we take a look at for clients, Dustin, is sort of your tax allocation strategy. How much money do you have in your old employer's plan that's never been taxed before? 
And so now we may, based off of your current tax scenario, we may suggest that you, you, you put money on the pre-tax side, some of it, and some of it on the Roth side. All right. And those are some of the things that we can we can help you guide. So if you like, I'll put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information and we'll send you out this information on what you can do with your old employer's plans and then Roth versus pre-tax 403B. How's that sound? Yeah, that would be great. I appreciate that. All right. Sounds good. Let me go ahead and put you on hold here. Just one second here. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give me a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Cornelia online from Maryland. Good morning, Cornelia. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. How can I help you? I'm a United States Army medic, and I didn't get a lot coming into the game when I signed on with the military, so we're not paid a lot. Um, so, needless to say, as a retired um, disabled veteran, um, I have no idea where to start with my retirement. I just found out that the retirement age is now 67, so that gives me a little more grace than 65. But I'm in my early 50s, and I'm still a renter. I want to become a homeowner, and I want to save for, you know, a nest egg for my retirement. I don't even know where to start. I live off a minimum amount. And I have very little that I can put aside. So what what should I do? Well, first of all, thank you for your service. I appreciate that very, very much. No, no doubt about that. And the second thing here, Cornela, is um, I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit. And it's, gonna, it's going to help you inventory and address some of the very same questions you have. Once we get a look at everything on that toolkit, then we're going to be able to start giving you some suggestions on savings, debt reduction, how to how to go about purchasing a home, maybe first time home buyer, maybe different types of programs out there. We'll get you working with a realtor, a mortgage banker, you know, different things like that and really get you, you know, knowledgeable and empowered with all of this so that we can help you make decisions from from a financial planning perspective. That's really the first step that we have to do. Is that okay? Sounds amazing. And I thank you and I so appreciate you for this knowledge that you're giving. It's powerful and it's um I don't even know how you're not thousand, charging thousands and thousands of dollars, but we are so grateful that you're on the air. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. I'll put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information in just a second, and we'll get you our financial planning toolkit out. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, estate planning, it's open mic Saturday. No questions barred at all. Let's welcome Elson on the line from Wisconsin again. Two Wisconsin people today. Very nice. I was up there over Christmas. Uh, a little chilly, but uh, it was good. So, uh, Elson, how can I help you today? Oop, you still there? Might not be here. Maybe. Are you Are you trying to talk to me, Nelson, in Missouri? Nelson, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I got okay. Elson in Wisconsin. Forgot Maybe uh, Bob's the... got some typos going on, but we'll talk to you, Nelson. No problem. <laughs> how are you? Uh, no problem. No problem. Um. Uh, uh, we're starting a gifting program for our grandkids, uh, age 12, ages 12 through 17. And then uh, and through our trust, we will leave them money uh, after our death. So we've started giving them money now, and we will keep giving them money um, on, on after our death. Here's my question. Um, 
what can I give? These are really smart homeschool kids, really smart. What can I give them? A video, a game, uh, something to read, uh, whatever, to help teach them uh, how to invest. Well, Nelson, there are just tons of books out there, and the if you really want to know how to invest, have them understand how to read the economic calendar. Just Google the economic calendar and Bureau of Labor Statistics reports. They come out every day. You know, like you hear on the news, unemployment numbers are this, inflation number is that. Um, uh, you know, the Fed says this, you know, um, uh, ISM manufacturing is that, all that kind of stuff. That's the nuts and bolts of it. That's the baseline. That's the beginning of understanding it. Google Economic Calendar or Bureau of Labor Statistics reports, okay? There's reports that come out every single work workday, Monday through Friday, and once you understand how what they all mean, what they, what they, what they, uh, and how they impact the markets, the the economy and the markets. That's the baseline of understanding all this stuff. Okay, that's the starting point that I would suggest. It's not a book; it's free. It, you can just Google it up. They they actually have a report there that says, um, you know, like inflation, and then how it's measured, and then why, and then there's a section on there that. Why do investors care about this? And then it explains it all. ISN manufacturing, um, uh, PCI, just the whole nine yards. That's where I would start. Okay, Nelson? Okay, well, what, what is the name of that website or that uh, – what's the name of that report? It, it's all over the place. It's called Economic Calendar. Just Google Economic Calendar. There's multiple websites with it on there, multiple websites. Okay. Economic Calendar. Okay, I, I use it three or four different places, and I don't know which website it is. It doesn't really matter because it's all the same calendar that comes out from Bureau of Labor Statistics. But but isn't that dealing with the macro economy? It's dealing with the ma macro economy. That's exactly correct, and that's going to tell you where what the economy is looking at doing once you understand how to read those tea leaves, and from there, then you can start talking about okay now. What sectors take place when certain economic? What sectors do well and don't do well when certain economic conditions um, um, are present? That's that's the place. That's, that's, the, that's the answer to your question. Where would I start reading? If I had to go teach a class on on how to read the the markets and the economy, that's where I'd start. There's no doubt in my mind. Economic calendar. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Wes on the line from uh, Canada. Good morning, Wes. How are you? Hi, very well. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help you? <laughs> Great. Uh, so, easy. well, I'm not sure if it's an easy question, but a uh, question you may have heard before. Uh, in Canada, the housing market has been insane, at least where I am. Uh, and I recently sold a house, and let's say I'm going to net uh, $200,000 out of it, and I don't want to roll into another house because, like I said, the market is insane. Uh, I'm hoping for a little bit of a drop. You know, even 10% would be a, a big drop. Uh, what would you do with $200,000 for the next, uh, say, two years? Well, I'm not sure of the tax laws in Canada, okay? 
when, when it comes to the proceeds of a home sale. I can relate it to the U.S., if you like, but I'm not sure of the tax laws in uh, Canada. Uh, so it's, it's tax-free. It's going straight into my pocket. Then if you if you are not if 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 it's tax free money and it's going to go straight into your pocket, then you just need to build out somewhat of a of of a investments plan to use for the next couple of years. And with the markets where they are right now, as as high as they are, with inflation pressures not only here but around the globe and things like that, I'd want the money to be pretty safe. So you might want to look at some individual bonds. You may want to look at, you know, just something that's very, very um, uh, conservative in nature. That's that's liquid, so that when you do find the opportunity to buy again or whatever the case may be, the money's readily available. So I would I would say as little risk as possible inside that portfolio of yours. Okay, the trick is to to combat inflation. <laughs> Well, you know, okay. if you want to combat inflation and, and keep the money safe and guaranteed today, that's not the environment. Just, you know, in, in order to do that, right. you'd have to take on risk and put it in the markets. And I would not suggest that because of uh, your length of time and when you were wanting to, these dollars to come back to you. So, so you know, you have to weigh the, the, the question, what's more important, safety of my money or trying to outpace inflation over a short period of time? You know, but it sounds like to me you're betting on markets, on the housing market to come back down again. So you're betting we'll have a reversal on the inflation, and then you, you'll have more purchasing power. So I would keep the money pretty stable and liquid. Correct. Okay, okay thank you very much. I haven't thought right. of that myself. Absolutely. Yep, appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Ray on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Ray. How are you? I'm doing fine. <clears throat> Uh, the question concerns beneficiaries, and um, how do you adjust beneficiaries ahead of a possible medical necessity? I understand there's a <clears throat> excuse me. There may be laws that say that you can't change beneficiaries uh, in an apparent effort to avoid Medicare costs, et cetera. Do you, are you aware of that? Are you up on that? Yes. Yeah, so, so are you talking about how to change beneficiaries on a beneficiary form, or are you looking to try to avoid a Medicaid spend-down scenario? Yeah, right now we have, you know, like the beneficiary successor from, from me to my wife, and if there's a medical necessity involving my wife, uh, how do we change the thing around so that the Medicare doesn't clean me out? So if, if your wife were to have to go on um, into like a nursing home or something like that, and yeah. then your assets come down. Well, you, we 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 need to get you set up with. Uh, first of all, we need to do an inventory of all of your assets. Um, take a look at the liquidity. Take a look at at probabilities, and then introduce a, uh, a Medicaid attorney, okay, um, or an estate planning attorney yeah. uh, who's versed in that. And I have a couple uh, of them that I can that refer like you to. Law? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And I have a couple of them that I can refer you to that, that uh, in, in, in a matter of fact, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and look at our team. There's an attorney on there that you can reach out to. She's very knowledgeable in that, in that arena as well. Okay. But one okay, of the things that you, you want to If you would, please check be, your email. One of, the, okay. one of the things that you want to try and avoid is, is put, putting things into an irrevocable trust to avoid this. There are some very certain and very strict rules and laws around about that. 
Um, but, uh, hey, listen, I've got to close out the show right now. Let me put you on hold, and I'll pick you back up as soon as we, we close out the show. I appreciate the, the call, Ray. Just one moment. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. You can catch us next Saturday here with another session of Making Money Sense. Stay tuned. We're going to be announcing our upcoming webinar series here pretty soon in, in uh, January, February, March. Uh, and possibly into April, too, to, to keep you all informed and educated. We, we get people from all over the country on these webinars. Lots of fun. If you have any questions during the week, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. We'll be back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.